finish. I'm excited because, you know, and tomorrow we all don't have chapel meetings, but I want to encourage us. You can come here and pray, spend time in prayer. Pray for all the ministers who will be ministering. Pray for everything that will be done on Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Pray that there will be a visitation. Pray that the Lord will touch lives, that there will be healing, there will be miracles, there will be signs and wonders. And, you know, I know that we are going to have great testimonies by Sunday. Amen. Last year, and then the year before, I really remember, two years ago, uh, Bishop Joshua was here, isn't it? And last year, who did we have? Reverend was here, and who else came? Bishop David, you know? And one of the common things, uh, testimonies, I, we had a few, like a week or two after, people had legal issues that were resolved. Re totally resolved. Do you understand? Something they had been waiting for for five years, whatever. It was like just suddenly. They had even forgotten. They thought, you know, giving up on it. And then it applies. So I see your five-year problem being solved on Friday, Saturday. And yes, do you remember Mabel came to give her a testimony? Yeah, and even that one, Reverend gave her a very short prayer that, <laughs> isn't it? I think it was after she came to the office and she got even leftover prayer and it worked. The leftovers. Mm. Amen. Nehemiah chapter 2. Tell somebody the leadership of Nehemiah. And tell the person, I'm a great leader. So watch this space. You are a great leader. Yeah. Jeremiah chapter 2. I'm going to read from verse number 12. I slipped out during the night, taking only a few others with me. I had not told anyone about the plans God had put in my heart for Jerusalem. We took no pack animal with us except the donkey I was riding. After dark, recently on the news, I can't remember which actress or whatever, she left all her wealth to some donkey sanctuary. Yeah. After dark, I went out through the valley gate, past the jackal's well, and over to the dung gate to inspect the broken walls and the bent gates. Then I went to the fountain gate and to the king's pool, but my donkey couldn't get through the rubble. So though it was still dark, I went up the Kidron Valley instead, inspecting the wall before I turned back and entered again at the valley gate. The city officials did not know I had been out there or what I was doing there, for I had not yet said anything to anyone about my plans. I had not yet spoken to the Jewish leaders, the priests, the nobles, the officials. Everywhere there are people with titles the nobles, the officials, or anyone else in the administration. But now I said to them, you know very well what trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins and its gates have been destroyed by fire. Let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem and end this disgrace. Then I told them about how the gracious hand of God had been on me and about my conversation with the king. They replied at once, yes, let's rebuild the wall. So they began the good work. But when Sambalat, Tobiah, and Geshem, the Arab, heard of our plan, they scoffed contemptuously. What are you doing? Are you rebelling against the king? They asked. I replied, the God of heaven will help us succeed. We, his servants, 
will start rebuilding this wall, but you have no share, no legal right or historic claim in Jerusalem. Amen. Here ends the reading of his holy word. Yeah, just mentioning the people with the titles reminded me that next Thursday we are all voting. And so please, if you are eligible to vote, please make sure you go and vote. Um, I have voted because I vote by post. I don't go to. But then when I was trying to vote and I realized that instead of putting the names of the people there, like Jeremy Corbyn or uh, Boris Johnson, they put your, uh, what do you call it, parliamentarian. So when you vote for your parliamentarian, there's you are voting for, do you get it? Yeah, so if you vote for the Labour uh, parliamentarian, you are voting for Jeremy Corbyn. If you vote for the Conservative, they say, so do you understand? You are voting for, so the one who gets the most MPs becomes our Prime Minister. I'm educating you because vote, otherwise you have what you say. <laughs> Either way, you have what you say, so um, let's try. Be, be a, a, a good person. I can't tell you who to vote for because me too, I don't know, so I'm unable to help you on that front. Do you understand? But vote. Amen. It's part of your leadership skill. Don't be indifferent and have an attitude you be like you don't care. Whether you care or not, they will lead you. So, so try and care so that, yeah. We started looking at some of the lessons that Nehemiah teaches us. And the first one we looked at was what? That the desire had come from God, isn't it? It is God who puts his desire in our heart. Amen. So when you see yourself having a strong desire for the things of God, for the house of God, for the work of God, for the people of God, for lost souls. It's not something that came there by accident. It is God that places it there. Amen. And if you don't have it and you want it, just spend time in the word of God. Amen. If you meditate on it and you stay in the word long enough, that desire will grow and that desire will come. On last Thursday, we're having a look at something and I told them that, listen, anything that you hear long enough, you understand, see long enough, you begin to believe and have faith in it, and you become it. So I gave an example, which I think will fit for Wednesday. It doesn't matter how ugly you are. If you get a boyfriend who decides to call you beautiful, sweetie, whatever, after a while, you actually believe it. You look in the mirror and you don't see the ugliness anymore. You see what they have been saying all this while. Do you get it? That is why we are supposed to look at ourselves through the mirror of the word. I'm preaching. That is why we are looking at ourselves, not how we feel, but how God feels. So when you look at yourself through the mirror of the word, you are what God says you are, even though you may not see it or feel. Do you understand? So if God says you are righteous, then you take it that you are righteous because God is saying, because when a man says you are beautiful, you take it. Do you, do you understand? Whether he means it or not, if he says it long enough, do you understand? Maybe every morning he'll call you, my beauty, beauty, how are you? Today you are looking amazing. You look tantalizing. And uh, Michael will say, you look, uh, <laughs> you look delicious. <laughs> delicious, Kenzan. You look, you know. You begin to believe it. The opposite is equally true. Yeah, if people say you're ugly, you're ugly, you believe it. Do you understand? So whatever is being said to you a lot, do you understand? Michael has made some of us truly believe that prayer is exciting. 
It's exciting. You can't just say it's exciting. There has to be hand moves. It's exciting. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. It's enticing. Prayer is enticing. First, I used to think it was only women who were enticing. You know, like when you say enticing, it, it has even a certain negative connotation. Do you understand? Yeah, the man was being enticed. Prayer can entice you. Yeah. Anyway. Oh. If you can't believe that prayer will entice you, this week we have convention. So you come and enjoy the convention. Then next Friday, you will experience a very delicious meal. Anyway. <laughs> may God put a desire in your heart. Yeah, may you enter 2020 with a strong desire. Not for earthly. Can I have my other microphone back? You see, I don't like. We'll do practice on um, this thing with that. Yeah, Kieran is going to say, God bless you, son. You will eat jollof rice too. <laughs> I have, for those who know me, know that my phone doesn't change. My phone doesn't change. Even when it's cracked, when we're on holiday this time, my big sister saw my phone. She was confused. Otherwise, she was like, no, 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 use word. <laughs> Pastor Sam said that, hey, yours, then if she sees mine, she will confiscate yours. <laughs> May God place a desire in her heart. A desire for the things of God. A desire for the people of God. Yeah, a strong desire. A strong desire. Yeah. And then the next one was the fact that Nehemiah's kind of leadership cares about people. And is able to relate with people. Amen. Cares about people and is able. Do you know that when you care about somebody, they know that you care? And when you are faking it, they know that you're faking. You know, I've had this argument with my chapel. They were like, no, I didn't know he was like, no, you knew. You just uh, ignored it. Do you understand? When somebody is faking the care, you know. But if you are enjoying it, you just let it slide. Even though you know that it's a fake one. Do, do, do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. And when it's a real care, you also know. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So we are talking about a very genuine care that he had for people and for the things of God. And then we also looked at the fact that he does not shy away from problems, isn't it? Yeah. He's able to say that, yeah, there is a problem. He says that you know very well that we have trouble. Amen. And... Last week, we look at we said that he leads from a spiritual place, isn't it? He leads from a spiritual place first before the physical. So he prayed and fasted before he went to see the king. Okay? Yeah. Did we look at the fact that it's not complicated? Mm? The mission is very simple. The mission was very, 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 very simple. So... Tell your neighbor, keep the task simple. Yeah, we just, we just read it. Verse 18. Then I told them about how the gracious hand of God had been on me and about my conversation with the king. And they replied at once, yes, let's rebuild the wall. So they began the good work. I told you that it sounds like Donald Trump, isn't it? Build the wall. Yeah, because the verse 17 Nehemiah just recognized what the issue was. You know very well what trouble we are in. Jerusalem lies in ruins. Its gates have been destroyed. Let us rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. Period. Do you understand? 
Yeah, it wasn't like, so what are we going to do? Do we have to? No, it's the wall is broken and it needs to be fixed. And then the people too, because when you are very clear on the task, it's also very easy for those who are with you to take it up. Do you understand? But when you make it really complicated, then nobody can help you. That is why even when you have to be counseled, if you try and make the issue very complicated, you can't get good counsel. Or when you even go to your GP and they say, what is wrong? Then you say, oh, it's sort of my back. Then it shifts to my back. And then sometimes, I don't know, I, it's sort of like a pain. It's not really a pain. It's like a pinch. But when it's a pinch, it sort of pinches. And then after it's, it's been pinching for a while, then it's sort of, I don't know, it's like a stingy, pinchy. Your doctor will be looking at you, planning to just get you out of there very quietly. You know, but it's different when somebody goes and says, I have a back pain. Do you understand? It hurts when I bend. It's just, it's a back pain. They can help you quicker than when it's a pinchy, itchy, squeezy. You know, then he doesn't know whether to give you medicine for itching, medicine for pinchy. So keep it always simple. Do you understand? When somebody asks you, what do you do in the house of God? You should be able to say it. Oh, I'm sort of, I am around the music department. I'm sort of with the music department. I sort of hang out with the music department people. I'm normally with the, yeah. But occasionally, actually, occasionally I join the, um, um, what's that play? Those, the, the people at the front there. Ah, they are called the ashes. Sometimes I hang out with the, I think they are called ashes. Sometimes I hang, yeah. Keep the task simple. Amen. Yeah, keep the task simple. Keep the task simple. What do you do? What can you do? Yeah, you know, I like to sing, but I don't like to sing with a choir. I'm sort of the soloist kind of singer. <laughs> In fact, if you are a good leader, you achieve a lot if you simplify things. I know that in the world, we'd like, we think complicated things are more amazing. Do you understand? Yeah, because the more confused you are, the more you are in awe. The more you don't understand, the more amazing it is. Hey, that's deep. That was deep. That was deep. That was deep. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. 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 You know, as Pastor Glau was explaining Daniel, I'd never seen Nebuchadnezzar through that light. Do you understand? Yeah, so when she, the way she quoted King Darius with Nebuchadnezzar, I realized the authenticity of the word that she was giving. But you didn't understand anything. <laughs> yeah, you, did, you didn't understand anything. Actually, the, most, the simpler it is, the easier it is to understand. The easier it is to obey. When you give an instruction where it's simple, you understand? If you are, let's say you are teaching somebody how to cook and you just tell the person, fry the onions, do you understand? Then add the whatever, the mix, and stir it, and then lower it. They are more likely to get through it, do you understand, than when you say, okay, put the onion in and measure it, and as it's sort of turning brown, hasn't yet turned brown, just on the level as it's about to, yeah, the person is likely to cook a very bad meal. It's amazing. You might think that, oh, I'm being really detailed, but actually you might mess them up. And that is how sometimes even we relate with relationship. Instead of keeping a relationship simple, as soon as you try and complicate it, you actually make it worse. I was going to give another example, but I won't give it. Yeah. And then the next one is that ends the trust of the people, isn't it? And keeps the people motivated. Ends the trust of the people. 
Sorry? Oh, I thought you had them. You don't have them. Well, I was trying to finish. Okay. So I gave you, don't complicate the mission, isn't it? Keep the task simple. Keep the task simple. Keep the task simple. Most of us, we need to uncomplicate our lives. Tell somebody by you, I feel like she's talking to you. <laughs> yeah, 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 I feel like she. Every area of our life, if it's not complicated, we are not happy. Yeah, even our shopping list is complicated. Yeah, instead of just writing maybe a cereal, whatever, um, rice, no, cereal, um, Aldi brand, there's that, that, with honey, there's that, that, and then the scientific name of the, yeah, so they'll write even spices, then instead of just writing bay leaves, they'll write bay leaves, then they'll put um, hydro, hypo, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> You'll be surprised that if you analyze yourself, you realize that you complicate a lot of things. Do you know there are some women who complicate even what they wear? Preach, girl, I preach. I, I will preach it. Yeah. yeah. They complicate. So at a point, they get confused. Because they went to take the blue jeans, and then they took the black jeans. Then when they took the red shirt and the blue shirt, they realized that the black jeans would be okay with the red shirt. But the red shirt is a short sleeve, and the, it doesn't go. And then... <laughs> then, though, do you know what happened? But some shall tell you what happened then. When they put the blue, the red, the yellow, and they get confused, they throw, they get black, black anyway. <laughs> They just, they just forget it, forget it. But it's because we complicate things. We actually complicate things. Do, do, do you get it? Yeah, we actually complicate it. Recently, I, I saw a certain hairstyle and I asked, what is the name of this hairstyle? Is it a twist? Is it a braid? Is it? Then they said, no, they gave it some name. I said, listen to yourself and what you are even saying. I said, how did it get on your head? And even more importantly, how would you get it off your head? We complicate things too much. Christmas is coming. People are complicating their life. Yeah, what is for Christmas dinner? No, they have to surprise their neighbor. Simplify it. Your life will be easier. I feel like I'm talking to somebody, Reverend, whose life is too complex for them. Yeah. And that's why even when you are, for those who are in union things, you're not studying well because you're complicating things. I like the music you're playing. It goes with it. <laughs> simple music. Very, very, very simple music. <laughs> very, 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 very simple. Very, 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 very simple. Yeah. Haven't you realized that most businesses, small corporations, they have very simple mission statements? Sometimes it's a word or a very short line. Yeah, but there are also places you go, it's two sentences. Our mission is to ensure the progress of the community in the advanced stages of... <laughs> Achieve nothing. <laughs> Simplify it. Simplify it. Those of us who are studying, we prepare maybe show, uh, notes that will study, isn't it? Or things that will... But the, the summary we have written is almost like half the book. <laughs> mm. 
Next one. Earns the trust of the people and keeps them motivated. Earns the trust of the people and keeps them motivated. Yeah. You must be team-minded. Even though you're a leader, you must be team-minded. That's why in the verse 18, when he said, Then I told them about how the gracious hand of God had been on me and about my conversation with the king. You know, and they all replied, yes, let's rebuild the world. world." So they began the good work. Do you understand? Because when he told them that, listen, God's hand is upon me. You know, the king is going to give us this. We are going to be able to do this. And then it's like, and and you see, the the, the beauty about it is, if you remember when we did Curse About the People, about using we, 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 and not us and them or me and I, but we. Do, do you understand? Because if it's a team, it can't be them. And if it's a team, it can't be I. If it's a team, then it's we. Do you understand? Or us. Yeah. And if you're a leader, because you see, as a leader, sometimes you have that tendency to have an I mentality. Without me, they can't do it. Do you understand? Yeah. If, if I'm not in it, they can't make it. Do you understand? If I don't lead them, they can't. No, 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 no. It's not about you leading them, but it is about you ensuring that we make it. Do do, do, do you get it? Yeah. And in fact, a good leader has that mindset of we are strong as our weakest link. Do do, do you get it? We are strong. You see, when you have that mindset, you won't be so eager to point out people's shortfalls or people's weaknesses. Because if it's a we, the person's weakness is our weakness. The person's shortfall is our shortfall. Do you understand? Yeah, the person's challenge is our challenge. It's not their challenge. It's our challenge. It's all of us our challenge. It's all of us our problem. Yeah. And the church is struggling with that. Because when somebody falls into sin, we find a box that we can cage them in. And make sure and isolate them so that should in case somebody asks, we can let them know that we have captured the situation in a box. Do do, do you get it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, she's the one who went to uh, have whatever. Yeah, it is him. He's the one who, yeah. But he is part of us. It is part of us that has made a mistake. Do you understand? It is part of us that has got into trouble. So we have got, you see, if we have that mindset that we have got into trouble, then we will want to get out of trouble. But when you have the mindset that they have got into trouble or he has got into trouble, Brother, we are praying for you. Yeah, the Lord will help you. The Lord will strengthen you. Strengthen you. Yeah. All we are saying is that next time, don't make such a mistake. Do you understand? But it is well. Yeah. yeah. And then you will find that even people that they are close to in the church will begin to isolate them and shun them and behave as if they don't know them. But, 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 but the Bible says that those of us who stand, we should take heed. Yeah, you should take it because life is cyclical. Life is seasonal. Life rotates. Do you understand? If there is sun, then there'll be moon. If there's morning, there'll be evening. If there's day, there'll be night. And you cannot live on earth and only have day all your life. If you have day today, another time will come when you have night. Yeah, in the night, you'll be praying that somebody will give you some light. Somebody will give you a torch. So if somebody is in the dark and you are in your day, you better look for your touch and see how you can help the person. 
That is what makes you a good leader. That is what makes you. As Christmas is coming, I pray that, you see, that is what Christ had for us. Christ could have said that it's their sins. Me, I'm sinless. These are the sinners. One of them should do cross. And, and unfortunately for us, it is those of us who, by the grace of God, maybe we haven't fallen into certain things. We actually become the killers. We become the killers. But you see, the Bible says that all of us, our righteousness is as filthy as rags. So even though you may not see your physical sin, if you ask God, he may show you something that is not really good about you. In fact, the church stinks not because of fornication, but it stinks because of pride. Pride and hypocrisy. Yeah. Prince's song, uh, music is playing. <laughs> He's trying to tell. Sorry? What is it? It's just a what? Whatever. <laughs> How many of us understood what he said? Uh, we just said that simplified the task. <laughs> what do you mean by part? When I, when I think of a part, I'm thinking of... <laughs> that's a part. Also another part that some of the women may have... Oh, Sandra was like, no, don't go there. I, said she, I, I think she, when I said there's also another, she was like, no. <laughs> Sorry, you are not quick enough to stop me. <laughs> oh, you people. You know, it's a very weird thing to say, but I feel that at my funeral, you all have something nonsense to say. <laughs> I was feeling sorry for her because, I mean, you know how Sandra is for her to make that effort. <laughs> she couldn't stop me at all. I was already, I was long gone. <laughs> oh, let me give you this one because I want us to rise up. The next one is that a good leader is able to handle criticism and shame. Amen. A good leader is able to handle criticism and shame. You see, just like we speak about loyalty and we speak about trust and all that, those things, all those things don't matter until they are tested. Amen. So if you're a good leader, the only way you know that you are a certain kind of leader is how you handle criticism and how you handle shame. So here comes Sambala and the team. And it, it says that, in fact, can you give us, what version do you have there? Oh, change, yeah, give us uh, Amplify, verse, eight, uh, verse 19, Amplify. Yeah, but when Sambala the Horonite and Tobiah the Ammonite official and Geshem the Arab heard about it, they mocked us and regarded us with contempt and said, what is this thing you are doing? Are you rebelling against the king? Amen. Yeah. What is this thing you are doing? Go back to the beginning. Yes. He said that they mocked us and regarded us with contempt. Most of us will not do anything in the house again of God again when they are criticized. Yeah, or when they are ridiculed. Or when somebody makes them feel bad. You can't be a good leader if you cannot contain people making you feel bad. That is why they are called people. 
People are there, and you see, you help yourself by not only looking at it that people are making me feel bad. The best way to look at it is how many people have you made to feel bad? It will help you that if you realize what it tastes like and how natural it is to mock people, to ridicule people, then you should be ready to take some in. Yeah, some of us, we are good at laughing at people, but we can't take people laughing at us. Yeah, they say comedians are the ones who get angry the most. Yeah, when I was in university, a great comedian of the country came to my uni and came, came to perform, you know, and that day most of us actually went because he was like, so very, when we were young, we knew about him, and then he came, and then his first joke didn't land. <laughs> yeah, it was sort of in the air. You know when you don't know whether to clap? or wait for the next one, hopefully to be better. You know, then the second, then at a the point, the people had a song for him, him. Don't waste our time. Or oh, all we are saying, please. Then he just got up. That time he would sit down and do something, stand and do something, then he just got up and he said, you are not whatever, and gathered all his bits and bobs and walked <laughs> off the stage. See, comedian was angry like that. <laughs> <That's funny. laughs> that was the funny part. So yeah, you, you know, but you cannot be a, a leader and you cannot go far in life if you cannot be criticized. If you can't make room for people to ridicule you. If you can't make room for people to laugh at you and make fun of you. That's why a lot of Christians can't witness to anybody. They can never share the word of God with anybody because it's too embarrassing. Because they'll be ashamed. What if the person ignores them? What if they ridicule her? What if they make fun of her? What if somebody sees me in town talking to somebody? Why should I go on evangelism? Then somebody will see me in town sharing flyers. I mean, what, what kind of image am I portraying? Yeah, but who are you representing? Yeah. You see, because our shame is a sign of our pride. Our inability to accommodate a level of criticism is out of pride. In fact, most quarrels come out of pride because you are not expecting that you can be talked to like that or about like that. Because by the grace of God, I'm older than you. By the grace of God, I've been a Christian longer than you. By the grace of God, I am the leader of this team. Yeah, I'm the one Reverend puts in charge. So try and have order. And since I'm the one in charge, why are you criticizing me? But you see, actually, a lot of the time, can I tell you something? A lot of the time, criticism has some truth in it. It may not be delivered well. Do you understand? Because some people are really nasty. Do you understand? So, so the choir will sing their very powerful song. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. From the bottom of my heart to, you know. There's somebody who can't sing, like Gloria, who can't sing. But can't give commentary. Hey, today you guys could have done better. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I think that, was that how your song was supposed to end? The delivery is not good. But then the truth is that we don't know where the song ended. <laughs> Yeah, because maybe we were expecting more. Huh? <laughs> I think some of you can come to Pastor Sam for some music lessons because 
He's going to, yeah. And that is even the most annoying thing about those who criticize. They're not doing anything. And they don't know. Have you watched these football critics? They can't play. If they, were, if they could play, they won't be there criticizing. They have never kicked a ball before. But boy, they can criticize every leg movement. Why is he standing there? He should have moved two plays. If he was there, the ball would not have gone. Because he's the one who has made them lose. Go and stand there. And we do it in church. Yeah. So we are sitting there and then maybe um, Francis, whatever, then they say feedback. Then we all turn and look at him. Don't turn and get up and go and see if you can turn. You know what to turn to let that noise stop. We don't know. Do you understand? But we know when the sound is not good. <laughs> you see, places that want improvement are the places that even actually have a box for criticism. What can we do better? What did you like and what didn't you like? We started doing, where is, where is, where is charity? We, started do, we did it this year for the women's this thing. We had question and answer. We had some 10 questions also, isn't it? What did you think about the speakers? What would, they, what would you like to see next year? Or, isn't it? Yeah, what was, yeah. So that we can improve. So that if they say, uh, Pastor, don't invite her again, then we know them. <laughs> when enough of the sheets. <laughs> Criticism, you can use it to your advantage. Don't worry about its delivery or who is delivering. It may be a child delivering it. But they're telling you something. Mommy, this is your food. I think that. Um, <laughs> can you ask Auntie this thing to show us how she does her chicken? <laughs> your child is telling you something. <laughs> preach, Clara, preach. <laughs> don't, don't come and smack her. And, 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 and the worst bit is that she won't tell you in the house. She will tell you as she sees Auntie. Auntie Jo, I told mommy that your chicken is better than her own. <laughs> Do you have some of that chicken? You know? A good leader is the one who will say, Auntie Jo, please, I'm going to come to your house and you're going to show me how this chicken is done. Or can you pop in one day to my house and then help me? Do it. It doesn't diminish you in any way. Don't behave like, well, me too, my chicken's good. If your chicken is good, if your five-year-old has rejected your chicken. <laughs> I mean, your five-year-old who doesn't know pepper from onion from ginger knows that whatever it is, this is not right. <laughs> it is good criticism. Do, do you understand? Yeah. You know, some people have housemates and things, and they're afraid to deal with certain things. But the way your housemate has dressed is bad. You know it is bad. Do you understand? The figure they have and the dress they have worn, they are not related. They have to separate the two. Oh, oh God. <laughs> they have to separate the two. <laughs> the two cannot be. But because of the way you are, they are afraid to say it. Because you can't take criticism. If somebody has to open their mouth, all they have to say to you is, you are looking nice. <laughs> You look lovely. Oh, that is beautiful. Yeah, if we don't have anything to say, we just have to shut up. But if you, if you want to do well and you want to become better, you need the one who will be able to tell you, oh, that was great. And you need the one who will tell you that that one is not good. 
It makes you better. It ma- that is why when you write exams and you're not doing well, your lecturer or your teacher is not going to put a pass mark there. They'll give you exactly what it is that is supposed to be there. Yeah. There are some lecturers who are so mean, don't even write. They'll put question mark, question mark, question mark. It's like, what is this? What is this? What is this? Yeah. You know? And when you're a bad student, you just cross all the question marks out. <laughs> and you put tick, 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 tick. Send it back. Be somebody who can take criticism. Yeah, if you are leading a department, desire that the people you are leading will criticize. Do you understand? We'll share. Yeah, we'll have to teach them how to do it though. Because some people also is just like, mm. yeah. But it's good thing for you. Even if they do it in a bad way, you take it and then you use it. Yeah. If somebody comes to this church and says, oh, I think this, when was it? Uh, Antifraka's uh, nephew and co, when they came, you know, the guy came to the office, you were there, yeah, you know, and he said, oh, this, he knows how there's that. And it was very, and he was very surprised what Reverend told him. That's why I said, Reverend said, okay, um, Sunday, come in. <laughs> he was very surprised. <laughs> yeah. But you see, what he was saying was good. Do you understand? Yeah, what he was saying was really good. But you see, he could have gone somewhere too and said that, and you'll be very angry with him. What do you know? I'm a man of God. You're a man of God, but you're not a technical person. So you allow somebody who's a technical person to help you. It's like me going to the choir and say, okay, since I'm actually a pastor and you're singing for me, I'll teach you the song. I mean, it's not a healthy thing. It's not even a healthy situation. Yeah, and if I'm a chorister like that, I won't sing. <laughs> when you come, you <laughs> see, Next one. So this one was about criticism and what? Shame. Criticism and shame. Criticism and shame. Most of the time, we are more affected by the shame than even the actual event. Do you know that? Yeah. That is why when a man is caught in adultery, he feels so broken. But he wasn't broken when he was committing adultery. It's the catching that affected him, not the act. Do, do, do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there are some people who are sitting here now, we don't know what they're doing. Do you know? Yeah, me too, I don't know. As far as I know, they are very powerful Christian brother, Christian sister. That's how, what I know. Do you understand? But the beauty of it is that one day God will show us exactly. One day God will show us, and it's only on that day that they will find shame. <laughs> yeah, because right now, even that I'm saying it, they have attitude. You even think that they thought that one day they'll be caught to make them worry. They're not worried. But then the day they are caught, they'll feel broken. Yeah, but some, I've seen it over and over, and it happens from country to country. Do you understand? They will lead us in worship for months or years. Then the day they are caught in adultery, I won't sing again. You won't sing again. What do you mean by you won't sing again? <laughs> yeah. You've been leading us in worship with all your... Um, yeah, no, it won't go there. 
Hey, Prince, why do they panic? That's why I like Thursday meeting. Thursday, nobody panics. Does anybody panic? No. I mean, sorry? No, it's very good. Yeah. Yeah, you come on stage. Oh, Thursday today, Ruka. Listen, you come on stage with all kinds of things. And you minister to us. And we, 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 you lead us in worship. And in fact, some of the days that you've been really bad, we come to you and say, today your worship was amazing. <laughs> God came down. God came down. God. He came down. I don't know whether you realize how mightily God is using you. <sighs> Preach. I say we are good leaders. Amen. Amen. But you see, your shame should not be about being caught. Your remorsefulness or your, should be about your relationship with God. Yeah. The things that we should be ashamed of, we are not ashamed of. Do you understand? And the things that we shouldn't be ashamed of, we are ashamed of. Sometimes you have to battle with people to just put in a little effort in the house of God. Just a little bit. But it doesn't take much to convince you to go and sin. It doesn't. At all. Verse 20. I reply, the God of heaven will help us. Let me give you the last one. Your examiner is God. And not men. So as Sambalat and Tobiah were saying what they wanted to say, Nehemiah reminded them that it is the God of heaven who will help us succeed. So we, his servants, will start rebuilding the wall. You cannot be a man pleaser and a God pleaser. The two don't work together. You have to choose one. You cannot be a man pleaser and a God pleaser. You can only please one. You cannot be a man pleaser and a God pleaser. You know, today I was having a meeting somewhere and then something about 2020 came into the conversation and I just opened my mouth and I told them that as for 2020, I'm going to be on missions for God. They couldn't ask me the next question. <laughs> it didn't even make sense to, to, to them. Yeah. You see, some of us may have said, oh, next year I sort of have some uh, programs, some um, things I'll be doing, isn't it? Some, I have some things. What things? Yeah. Because anything about our life that has to do with God, then we paraphrase it, we rephrase it. Yeah, where were you on Wednesday? Oh, I just went to hang out a bit. I sort of go around the belly park somewhere behind the belly Around the cardigan. Yeah, you know, yeah, I just go around there for a couple of hours on Wednesday sometimes. I'm around there. I went for Bible study. I was in church on Wednesday. It's not something you should be ashamed of. Yeah, you are not ashamed to introduce that boy to us. I mean, you know he's useless. We know he's useless. But you are still proud enough to just bring him. Yeah. Maybe I have to stop complicating my life. You, you don't like me. I'm going to find more complex. Yeah, it's true. 
But you're not ashamed of it. You're not ashamed of it at all. You're even proud of his stupidity. Yeah. No. And then you justify he's, he's totally misunderstood. You are, you, you are confused. You're not ashamed of that one. And the world is teaching us how not to be ashamed of what you like. The world is teaching us. Do you know that? To the extent that it, sometimes it has to even be a lawful thing. That listen, if I want to case this person, allow me to case this person. All kinds of weird things. Then you just have Christ. You have a little bit of Jesus. You just have a bit of that. And then you are ashamed of it. It is God ultimately. Yeah, it is God. I don't care whether you work in CICC, what church, what chapel, what house, what whatever. Nobody works for anybody when it comes to God. Ultimately, it is God. That is why whether it's criticism, whether it's no appreciation, no gratitude, it doesn't matter because man's gratitude will not take you far. What you need is God's acknowledgement. What you need is God's praise. What you need is God's clap, not man's clap. Because the person who is clapping for you, they have more problems than you. Because we become men pleasers, we never do very well in the house of God. Because as soon as the people you are pleasing don't appreciate what you are doing, it weakens you. You either stop doing it, you do it badly, you get fed up, you get angry. Your anger is not because the work has changed. Your anger is because the men don't see you the way you want them to see you. But have you thought whether God is even happier with you when men don't say thank you? Because if when men don't say thank you and you keep doing it, then God has to step in and say thank you. 